You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. He's in the building! Drink the moment. Drink it. I said, empty your mind. Coquettish and coy. Ow. Ow. What? Wickedly talented. More than great. It was historic. Crack is world. Oh, good for you. I have to apologize. One of the hottest. Hello, and welcome back to The Reheat, a podcast that reexamines the hottest celebrity news and scandals of yesteryear and asks, how would we react to the same events if they had transpired today? I'm your co-host, Sarah Sahagian. And I'm your other co-host, Sadaf Hassan. Now, just like last week, when we went deep into the cursed love triangle that is Brangelina plus one Jennifer Aniston, one of us will take apart a celeb scandal from the not-so-distant past, while the other offers her perspective with a fresh lens. This week, I'll be digging into the very quick rise and very quick fall of Benifer, a.k.a. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, who were first a very hot item back in 2002. Now, these two have gone back together recently. We don't know if it's going to be a quick thing, if it's going to last forever, um, but it all brings them back into the spotlight all over again. Sarah, how do we feel about Benifer this time? I mean, good for Ben. I, I think that Jen was better off with A-Rod. That's my personal opinion. And and I don't know how long this new romance will last, but I am happy when Jennifer Lopez is happy. So if he is giving her companionship and making her feel fulfilled in her love life, then I'm all for it. Absolutely. Now, I'm happy when Ben Affleck is happy. And this man has been through a lot of sadness in his life. So I'm thrilled to see them together again. Um, And here's my thing, because I do think Jen is too good for just about anybody she's ever dated. But, you know, they had the same upbringing. They had the same lifestyle. They came up together at the same time in Hollywood. It's just always struck me as a perfect match. So personally, I could not be happier that they reunited. Um, But let's take a look back at when they first dated from 2002 to 2004. Now, they were one of the most notorious couples of the time. They even helped, with Brangelina, make couple portmanteaus a thing with Benifer. It didn't hurt that they are two gorgeous people who were very, 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 very famous. And while they were together, they were both kind of having upswings in their career. Jennifer Lopez had just worn that very hot green Versace dress to the Grammys that pretty much built Google. And she had been there with P. Diddy. So she'd been through a string of some very fascinating romances already. She was doing movies. She did The Cell. She did The Wedding Planner. Love Don't Cost a Thing had just come out, which is still great. And Ben was fresh off Shakespeare in Love, five years off from Goodwill Hunting. We can't forget that moment. Boston can't forget that moment. He'd done Pearl Harbor. He just dated Gwyneth Paltrow. It was a time for these two. Now, while the pair had run into each other at parties for years beforehand, they officially met on the set of the, believe it or not, mafia film, Geely in 2002. Sarah, please give me your Geely hot take. I'm itching for it. Okay, so Geely is the movie that ruined Martin Brest's career. He had been nominated for Academy Awards. He was the writer and director of Geely. It is a film about a low-level gangster, Geely, who is charged with kidnapping the little brother of a district attorney 
the film is problematic on many levels. So it has this pretty offensive representation of the Justin Bartha character who has a traumatic head injury. That's the person that Ben Affleck has to kidnap. And Geely is not a very talented gangster. He's also pretty violent towards Justin Bartha. He is pretty discriminatory and ableist. So the mob boss calls in Ricky, played by Jennifer Lopez, to help Geely with this job because she's infinitely more competent. Ricky is a lesbian. She is very honest with Julie about being a lesbian. She's very forthcoming about this, but he becomes obsessed with her, keeps aggressively pursuing her, is very entitled to her. And for some reason, the movie thinks that he's correct and the two of them it implies, end up together. So that's my summary of Gili. Now, that movie is as ridiculous as it sounds. I would love to defend it. I simply cannot. (laughs) I remember watching it on a TBS Sunday afternoon when it was just on constant replay for some bizarre reason. And I just remember the terrible accents. Now, from a Massachusetts man like Ben Affleck, who's dedicated to nailing that accent, I don't know what happened to this New York Jersey mix that we were witnessing. And the most bizarre thing was their chemistry came off so contrived, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that they were hot and heavy in real life. I was embarrassed as a fan. And as the great Tyra Banks once said, we were all rooting for you. My life sucks. All right? Stick a fork in me. I'm done. Now, this seems to be a pattern for uber-famous celebrities to star in movies when they're just becoming a thing. And it never really goes down well. So one good example is, of course, Brangelina. When they did By the Sea, which is very much, let's call it a vanity project, And then, of course, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, who did three movies together. And I'm personally a fan of Eyes Wide Shut. After seeing it for like the 10th time, I was convinced. Um, Sarah, what do you make of celebrities who get together and decide to do movies to show off their coupledom? So I've never been a fan of it. To me, it either feels like TMI, like I don't need to see that. Like, I don't need to see what you are like in your bedroom at home together because I'm just assuming that what I see on screen is is real, even though it probably isn't. You're saying you don't love real life couple love scenes in movies? They don't feel real to you, Sarah? Because they feel hot to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not highly evolved enough to get over the fact that these people are together in real life. No, no, I get your point. Now, here's the thing. When celebrities are first getting together off screen, it's like the chemistry is bubbling up. So we get to see it play out in front of us and it's so fun. But I think when these celebrities actually get together, they got to try and act up the chemistry and that's where it kind of fumbles and maybe also some couples fall apart. Now, needless to say, Julie tanked with critics and at the box office. We all know this well. But for Ben and Jen, it was a personal win. While filming, Jennifer was married to Chris Judd, a choreographer and one of her backup dancers at the time. Ben and Jennifer have long maintained they never got together romantically on the set and therefore uh, never cheated. But that's a whole other story for another time. Now, months later, she would file for divorce. And soon enough, she and Ben responded kissing, cuddling, canoodling, all those fun words, arm in arm by countless tabloids from the Daily Mail to the New York Post. At the time, 
Ben even took out a full page ad in the Hollywood Reporter and Industry Trade magazine just to praise Jet's performance in Geely. He wrote, you have shown kindness, dedication, diligence, humility, graciousness of spirit, beauty and courage, great empathy, astonishing talent, real poise and true grace. I only wish I were lucky enough to be in all of your movies. So less over the top than skywriting, maybe, but also what us normals might consider Instagram official. Trade ads, by the way, cost thousands. So this was a hell of a public declaration. Sarah, was this creepy? Was it sweet? Was What was this? I think that when you like someone, you can just tell them. Investing a small fortune in a trade ad seems a bit thirsty, but I mean... We often do embarrassing things when we fall in love with people. I wouldn't like it. But then again, one of the things I love about Jennifer Lopez is her flair for the dramatic. And Ben also is an actor, so he's a flair for the dramatic. Maybe this was just the perfect beginning to their love story. Yeah, it's a little over the top. It's very much a Drake kind of move. Um, Ben kind of needed to chill a little bit, I think for sure. Now, in early November of that year, when Jen released her highly talked about music video for the now very iconic song, Jenny from the Block, which ruled the charts for some time, appropriately, it was especially notable for featuring Ben himself throughout with the two kissing, acting out a proposal, even lying together in a yacht at one point where Ben famously planted a kiss on Jen's highly insured ass. Now, this is not a moment that I have ever forgotten. It is embedded in my memory. Quite deliciously, I must add. I thought it was a hot moment, but he got kind of grilled by the press and by a lot of her fans who thought it was very cringe, just pure filth. And by the way, I've got to add, I was 12 at the time and I was dreaming of having my own ass cheek pecked on a yacht by a white man. It was a thrilling period for me, Sarah. What about you? I mean, this isn't anything I would do. I'm not hugely into public displays of affection, but they are sexy together. I mean, they make a really attractive pair. Obviously, it's great eye candy. I also think this is maybe the most feminist Ben has ever been because he just devoted so much of his time to supporting Jen and being in her music videos and telling the world how talented she was and how strong and wonderful. So I do appreciate the way he loves her and that part of what he loves about her is that she's just a force of nature. So, I mean, I guess I'm I'm relatively into it. I love that the ass cheek was a feminist move, Sarah. Yes, absolutely. Now, this was also an amazing era because her album at the time, This Is Me Then, was dedicated to Ben. She even had a song on it called I'm Glad That Was All About Ben. It was a very hot, loved up time. And that album got a ton of great reviews. It was a commercial hit for her, not as much as the album she released before called J-Lo. But, you know, the two were very much out and about and they were far more natural together than they ever were in Geely, thank God. Now, one would not think it possible for things to get even spicier, but oh boy, they did. When later that November, Ben proposed to Jen with a massive pink diamond. Jen told Diane Sawyer in a gushing interview at the time that he had picture book proposed. At his childhood home in Boston, of course, with the help of his mom, he filled rooms with flowers and candles. He even had that song, I'm Glad Playing. That song, which was about him, and it was playing through the house as he asked her to marry him. 
It was, needless to say, a fairy tale, which is absolutely a word we're going to be using a lot in this podcast. Now, one CNN headline at the time read, Jenny from the block is now Jenny with the rock. Oh, how clever. It was very big. It was very fat. It was Harry Winston. It was reported 1.2 mil. I mean, not only did she start that trend of colored engagement rings, but let's just put this into perspective. She'd been engaged five times and she married three times only. Um, And here's the thing with each engagement, the rings got bigger and they got pricier. Now, let's turn to Diane Sawyer a little bit because I would love to talk about or tear into her interview tactics because this interview was really fascinating at the time. It was highly talked about. It was kind of the only big one that Jennifer did where she talked about the relationship and it was meant to be about her upcoming film. But Diane kind of spent the whole time focusing on Ben, who she painted as this amazing hero and heartthrob. And she talked to Jen as like, this lovesick diva who was controlling. And at one point she even asks her if she was difficult to be with. She remarks on her romantic track record as if she'd been from man to man to man. Um, Here's a little clip from that conversation where Jennifer gently pokes at Diane's approach. Kissing in on the balcony. We're very um, secure with our relationship. This is like being on the front line. You're really going for it. I am. I'm just, I've got you (laughs) here. We're in battle. That's right. You got your little hard hat on and it's green and you're like, this is the gun. You're like, she's not out of my sights yet. I got Mm -hmm. her. Nope. Nope. It was a standoff until a few minutes later, we stopped to change tape. The impulsive superstar grew quiet for a minute, then phoned Ben privately. And when the cameras fired up, smile like any girl who has finally decided to talk about her guy, her ring, and a future full of dreams. Now, Sarah, what do you make of the way Diane was speaking with Jen? I think it's quite obvious that Diane is behaving in a sexist and racist way. Uh, I think it's interesting that Jennifer Garner, who came along after J-Lo, was never accused of being a gold digger. And I think it was her white privilege that inoculated her against that criticism. I feel terrible for Jen that she was subjected to this interview. I think it's completely inexcusable. And I really, 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 really wish that we had all said that at the time as a society. I really wish that there had been op-eds coming to Jennifer Lopez's defense. I know that Ben always defended her, but I wish that the broader feminist community had realized that this was racist, this was misogynistic, that this was perpetuating really problematic stereotypes. Diane, you you should probably apologize. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, one thing that I've always respected about Diane Sawyer is that she's never been afraid to ask the thing that everybody wants to know about. I feel like that's crucial in a celebrity interviewer, but that's about where my respect ends. I'm going to be honest, because she wasn't kind to the women that she interviewed. She couldn't really hide her misogyny. She had a habit of slut shaming whoever she was speaking to. Um, One of her interviews with Britney Spears has actually popped back into the media eye recently as Britney's been going through her own situation. And a lot of people have sort of been calling out Diane and saying this is something we should have called out when it was happening. So I think you're right, Sarah. I think if it happened now, we wouldn't be responding to it in the same way. And while I do love an interviewer who wants to push their subject to tears, 
because I love tears. I don't think this is the way to go about doing it. Um, Jennifer was put through a lot of, sir, you touched on this earlier, a lot of racist and sexist reporting at the time from fans, from the press. You know, she's a Latina singer who was coming up from nothing, really. And she was also considered particularly curvy at the time, which was a thing because it went against beauty standards. She was called a man-eater. She was called a gold digger, despite the fact that she had a very hefty bank account all her own. What do you make of that, Sarah? Especially as she kind of was considered somebody who was trying to go after Ben for his money and his star status. I mean, she had wealth and so did he. No one was calling him a gold digger. What was with this double standard? I mean, even if she hadn't been wealthy, it would have been an offensive thing to say. But because she was so wealthy and because her star was on the rise, it just was nonsensical. And it showed you how badly the media really wanted to paint her in this misogynistic and racist light. She's a multi, multi, multi hyphenate. Ben always gives the impression that he's struggling. (laughs) She's there. She's been there. And it's such a good point you make, Sarah, because here's what's interesting. Nobody ever really called it out at the time. I mean, in all those years, there was never any of that. I think part of it was because she was considered such a commercial success. People sort of thought, she's already doing great. We don't need to defend and protect her. But that's something that we actually do now with our female stars, which I think is so important. But somebody who did actually call this out is Ben himself, believe it or not. So in the Hollywood Reporters Awards Chatter podcast, just early this January, he came to her defense. People were so fucking mean about her. Sexist, racist, you know, ugly, vicious shit was written about her in ways that uh, if you wrote it now, you would literally be fired yeah. for saying those things yeah. you said. Now it's like she's lionized for the work she did, where she came from, what she accomplished, as well she fucking should be. Amen. Yes, Ben. Now, let's cut to the summer of 2003 a little bit and the release of Julie, because we're not done with Julie yet. I'm sorry. Which again was a bit of a blunder. And it was also the couple's off-screen downfall. It's likely the poor reviews and worldwide mockery didn't help the relationship. Whose would it help? But rumors also flew as they tend to do when you're as big as these two. Ben was rumored to have cheated on Jennifer and to have been to a strip club while he was filming other movies. Well, she reportedly stopped wearing her ring. Now, I do want to note here that a lot of these stories came out of the National Enquirer, which was very popular at the time. But I mean, this was a hell of a rag. They had a reputation for publishing straight up lies and slander. Um, and we don't even talk about the National Enquirer now. Uh, thank God. Now, both denied the stories with Jen telling W Magazine, quote, watching that get so blown out of proportion. I was like, wow, this is where we're at. You can't walk into a place and hang out with a couple of friends without it turning into a national scandal, end quote. Now, in September, the pair announced they would be delaying their wedding the day before it had been rumored to go on. I mean, that is a red flag. They said it was due to the excessive media attention surrounding the wedding. They added, quote, when we found ourselves seriously contemplating hiring three separate decoy brides at three different locations, we realized that something was awry. We began to feel that the spirit of what should have been the happiest day of our lives could be compromised. We felt what should have been a joyful and sacred day could be spoiled for us, our families, and our friends. By January 2004, it was sadly official. The two had split. Here's a clip of Jennifer explaining what went wrong during their relationship on The Graham Norton Show in 2010. 
honestly. You know, I've never really talked about it before. And, you know, I love Ben. He's a great guy. But it was a lot for both of us to be under that type of uh, siege for two years straight. It was like we were on the cover of every magazine every week. And it was just, I don't know, it was just a weird thing that, you know, media catches on to certain things and they just go crazy with it. And that just happened to be one of the things. And our relationship, I think, did suffer because of that. Not, that's not the only reason. You know, I would never blame the media for anything, you know. But, <laughs> but, but I think it definitely played a part in like the dynamic of our relationship. So I do understand that there was a, a ton of press scrutiny and that would make it difficult to sustain your relationship. And the scrutiny that they experienced was intensified by horrific racism and sexism. So I have sympathy mostly for Jennifer because I love Jennifer. Uh, ben, I don't know why I dislike him so much, but I I think in part I dislike him because he was so entitled to being nominated for Best Director for Argo, even though I like Argo and I think it's a good movie, but I just feel if any female celebrity had acted that way and insisted they deserved an Oscar nomination, we would have mocked them for it and told them that they were a bit of a dick. So maybe that's where my dislike of Ben comes from. But I still understand why it was so difficult for them. And I think where they differ from Brangelina, who made it for quite a few years, is I think Ben and Jen are what do what I would do, which is I think they probably read a lot of the press coverage. And then it's really hard to be mocked for something like Gili and be mocked as an on-screen couple and then go live your life as a real couple. So, you know, my heart goes out to them. Yeah. And I think you make a really good point, Sarah, because Ben, you know, he is somebody who's always gotten a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chance. That's kind of how it goes for white guys who look like he looks in Hollywood. And Jen kind of really had to claw her reputation back to where it was. We're going to delve into Ben Affleck's many career struggles and many career highs. But before we do, this feels like a good time to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second. Now, going back to Ben's career after all of this, he was doing not so great after Julie. He did Paycheck. He did Daredevil. Big yikes there. He did something called Surviving Christmas, which I do not recommend to anybody. That's what this was about? You put us through this for a girl? No. No, 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 no. Just, uh, can I open my present now? The man was not doing well at home or at work. He went through a certified rough period at the box office and with critics and can continue to be the butt of the joke well after their split. That said, 2003's Daredevil wasn't all bad because that's where he met his next great love, Jennifer Garner, who co-starred as Elektra. The two became official in the public eye when they showed up together where else but the 2004 World Series, which naturally, Ben's precious Boston Red Sox ended up winning. Jennifer Garner would later even say she felt that baseball season was the reason they married and had kids. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have considered her a jinx. And you know what? As a baseball fan, I think she might be right. <laughs> She's totally right. Yeah. Sir, what do we think of this couple? How are they different than Ben and JLo? Well, they didn't experience the racist press coverage, which I think was a huge obstacle for Ben and JLo. Jennifer Garner, I mean, she was also beautiful, but she is a white woman. He is also white. I mean, interracial marriage 
people underestimate how controversial it still is. There are tons of studies that show that in America today, and even in Canada today, we try to pretend that we're less racist, but we totally aren't. Interracial marriage is very controversial. There's a lot of prejudice against it. It makes it so that when stars get together with people of their own race, it's easier for them. They experience less hate. They experience less of a backlash. And people could not wait for Ben and Jen to get married and have adorable white babies. Like everyone was so obsessed with this pairing, even though I actually think Ben was a really horrible husband to Jennifer Garner. Uh, interracial marriage does not mean your relationship is doomed and marrying some of the same, someone of the same race does not mean that that relationship is going to work. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, Jennifer Garner, you know, she was seen as this squeaky clean American sweetheart. She was a rom-com queen. She was the exact opposite of Jennifer Lopez. You know, they had completely different brands. Jennifer Garner was seen as more acceptable to the press and the way you might say a partner would be more acceptable to bring home to the parents. That's beyond offensive. Um, But, you know, she stood by him. And I do agree with you, Sarah. Ben was not great to her when they were married, which let's dig into a little bit. These two got married in 2005. They had three children over the years and they divorced in 2018 after several reconciliations during which Jennifer Garner helped him through his alcoholism. She stayed by his side while he completed his second and third stints in rehab. His very first having been back in 2001, right before he met Jennifer Lopez. Now, during his years with Jennifer Garner, by the way, not only was Ben's heart and his film career resuscitated. You're welcome for that. He became a notable director and won his second Oscar, becoming branded as a real-life family man and acclaimed actor and filmmaker. It's funny how that works, isn't it, with branding? Sarah, do you feel like he redeemed himself a little bit after that string of pure Hollywood trash, to put it kindly? He is a good director. He picks good projects. Like, I actually am a big defender of Argo. I think it's a well-made movie. I think it's so beautifully structured. I mean, he's able to find moments of tension and bring incredible meaning to them. So I do think that by going back to being an artist, I mean, he started out as a screenwriter and actor, but Goodwill Hunting was a project he and his best friend Matt Damon wrote together. And they had a real voice. They had a compelling voice. It was very Gen X. And by going back to that well, by creating his own projects, I do think he produced great work. But the problem with him is he always has this temptation to do things that are embarrassing. Like then he decided to go be Batman, which was a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very bad idea. For most who've decided to play Batman, it's been a bad idea. Um, Here's the thing. Ben fully leaned into the boss enough at all, which clearly worked for him, because I think where Ben works well is when he's genuine and authentic. And so he gave us the town. He gave us Gone Baby Gone. Then came Gone Girl. Then came Argo. He was directing. He was writing. And I think that's where his skills really lie. I actually think he's a great writer. I think he's a great filmmaker. And I don't even really love Argo that much, but he did win an Oscar for that. And it's interesting because he kind of very much was on a very evident upswing in the public eye, critically, commercially, all of it. Even though I got to say, I miss rom-com Ben, you know, a lot of these guys who are now massive dramatic movie stars, they don't, they don't remember where they came from. You Uh know, I want a Matthew McConaughey rom-com, Robert Downey Jr. Give me some Mark Ruffalo and Reese Witherspoon all over again. I would pay for that. Um, 
But, you know, as for Jennifer Lopez, she was moving on, too. She was keeping busy. Uh She reunited with her former love, Mark Anthony, whom she first dated in the late 90s. The pair married in 2004 and went on to have twins, but they also divorced in 2011. In her 2014 book, True Love, which you should absolutely pick up if you're an Uber fan, Jen admitted this marriage was a bit of a quick fix. She wrote, quote, Ben and I split up at the moment when I thought we were committing to each other forever. It was my first real heartbreak. It felt like my heart had been torn out of my chest. I sought out comfort in another person, tried to find someone who could make me feel loved and wanted in my loneliest hour. Mark came back into my life three days after I should have been at the altar saying I do to another man. That's a hell of a thing to confess in a book. She did do it three years after her divorce from Mark Anthony. But Sarah, do you feel like these two relationships Relationships, Ben with Jennifer Garner, Jennifer with Mark Anthony. Do you feel like they were kind of rebounds? I think that Mark is a rebound for sure. I think that Jen Garner and Ben, I don't know. I, I'm torn about that one. I think maybe he genuinely fell in love with her because Jennifer Garner made his life really easy. If they did a lot of magazine interviews where they discussed their traditional gender roles, how she let her career take a backseat so she could raise his three kids. And I think that at that point in his career where he really wanted to double down on writing and directing, she was a very helpful partner. And she made a lot of sacrifices that unfortunately our society still expects women to make. One of the things I love about Jennifer Lopez is she never takes a backseat to any man and she would not have done that for him. And amen, that's great. She, You shouldn't have to sacrifice your career for your husband. I think with Mark Antony, I mean, J-Lo herself is telling us that this is a rebound. She herself is confessing that. So I, I believe what she's saying. Okay, here's my question. Can a rebound be a rebound if it lasts like a decade and if kids come out of it? I mean, Ben and Jennifer Garner were together for way longer than 10 years. Um, They went through a lot together. So I agree with you. I don't think that was a rebound. When it comes to Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony, I think it might have started as a rebound. But here's the other thing. Jennifer Lopez has a very strong habit of going back to what's comfortable after her previous love affairs kind of fizzle out, which is super relatable. You know, you want to find comfort. You want to go back to something that you already know, as we know, she uses Ben for this later. So it is something, you know, even us normals go through. Now, over the years, both Ben and Jen would go on to date others, with Jen entertaining, shall we say, romps with boys, including Drake, which did lead to the very great song, in my opinion, anyway, Teenage Fever, but that's just what I feel. And she also dated Casper Smart, who was a dancer. Meanwhile, Ben dated SNL producer Lindsay Shookus, but no other relationships were as monumental as their most recent ones. For Jennifer, I'm talking a former very hot, very good, again, in my opinion, New York Yankee Alex Rodriguez, which, you know, if you want to pour a tank of salt in Ben's tattoo scars, that's how you do it. That is brutal. The two got together in 2017 and seemed like the perfect top-tier luxurious match, getting engaged in 2019 and traveling with both their families just about everywhere. Meanwhile, Ben also seemed to find an incomparable love in actress Ana de Armas in March of last year, just when the pandemic began, and we all made some hasty, regrettable decisions. Not saying that's what happened here, but you know. Although de Armas was Ben's Deep Waters co-star, the pair made headlines as she was also 16 years his junior. They were photographed everywhere 
everywhere, masked, maskless, outside his home, in her home country of Cuba, shooting together, eating together. She seemed to laugh at a lot of his apparently very hilarious jokes just about everywhere they went. I mean, this was a match made in heaven. What did you make of these two new loves, Frauer Fabe, Sarah? So I love A-Rod and J-Lo. I will ship them forever. I was really devastated when they broke up, uh, but I was looking forward to Jennifer Lopez's next conquest because she will never give up on love, which is one of the things I love about her. In terms of banana, so I didn't understand what she was getting out of this relationship. Obviously, I understood why he liked her. She's talented. She's beautiful. She seems just like an angel. So I basically felt like he was doing the the best he he could other than J-Lo, because obviously J-Lo is always the best who, who could be better than J-Lo. But I just felt like the relationship was a bit doomed. What about you? Here's the thing. I don't think age is a really big factor. I don't mind that as long as both parties are consenting and of age. But I think what's interesting here is for Anna, I feel like she was with this hot to some of us, older man in Hollywood who was very accomplished. And for her, it was probably at least mentally. And again, allegedly here, it's just something fun, like this fling, you know, we've all been there. You kind of have that little thing with the older guy for a bit, but I think for Ben, it seemed like this was everything for him. I mean, he was very much in love. And I think they were probably on two very, very different avenues when it came to this. He seemed to be going through Again, allegedly a midlife crisis, but I think it was very apparent. And as for Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez, oh my God, I am completely with you. For somebody who was a Benefer fan, I felt like this was the second coming. You know, I was like, this is it. They were so perfectly matched and they were so high wattage. I mean, can you imagine what that wedding would have been? But, you know, as great rebounds seemed to go, those two also came to an end. And in January, because sometimes nothing is more absurd than real life itself, Ben was seen tossing out a life-sized cutout of Anna in his giant trash can outside his house, effectively announcing their split and bringing an end to his very funny joke. Sarah, please tell me, have you ever thrown out a life-sized cutout of an ex-boyfriend? No, but that's such a Ben Affleck thing to do. Like Ben Affleck loves large and that's why his breakups are always so interesting and they're kind of like a car crash. Like you can tell in most of his relationships, he loves the other person more. And this was definitely the case with Anna. Um, <laughs> so I, just, I felt bad for him, even though I don't particularly like him. It's just so pathetic. Like you have this cardboard cutout of your significant other in your home, which like, why would you have that if they live with you and they seem to live together? Like, why would you need that? I do want to say, as rumor has it, she did gift him this cutout, but I'm sure he loved it. I mean, I would just like to know, like, was it hanging above the fireplace? Was it above the ceiling over their bed? What was going on here? I mean... Now I kind of want to do the same thing. I don't know. But I will say, yeah, he's kind of, he's very pathetic and embarrassing when it comes to relationships. And, you know, one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest pieces of dating advice I hear here and there, and I'm not saying that this is advice you should follow, but is to be in a relationship with someone who likes you more than you like them. And he very much is the party who's always more in love. I think you're so right. And he, God, he wears it on his sleeve. Um, it's very embarrassing. Uh, two months later, they were followed by Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. Rodriguez, who parted ways after he was rumored to have cheated with Southern Charm star Matt.
Madison LaCroix, who claims that the two had never met, but had exchanged texts, which she had previously implied were pretty flirty. Now, I'm a pretty big Bravo fan. I'm a pre- pretty big Southern Charm fan. Madison is very messy. This is a reality TV star. So it was kind of like the strange clashing of upper worlds, lower worlds of what was happening here. You know, we were talking about A-Rod and J-Lo being the perfect match in a top tier world. How the hell did this happen? I have no idea. But there seemed to be some truth to it because there was not a lot of denial coming from A-Rod's camp. And very quickly after these rumors happened, he and Jennifer Lopez split. So sir, what do you make of this? I mean, he threw away a pretty massive relationship for allegedly a Bravo star. J-Lo is the most flawless specimen of a human being imaginable. So why would you want to do this unless deep down you felt like you weren't worthy of her and so you were sabotaging the relationship because of your own deep-seated insecurities? But I don't get the impression A-Rod is insecure. Like, I've never gotten that vibe from him. Yeah, I mean, Sarah, Alex was a Yankee. He's not insecure. He's got enough of an ego to fit a football field. I mean, you know, it's odd to me. I don't understand what happened here. He threw away gold, but maybe it was for the best because I think what it hinted at is maybe their relationship wasn't as perfect as it seemed in the media, which is always the case. It's the case with a lot of these stories. We don't really know what's going on behind very expensive, large gold doors. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) who knows what was falling apart in the relationship at the time? There was probably already some rocky footing there. Um, And, you know, it's also the fact that we don't have high wattage couples like this anymore. It's just not a thing. So I think it's an extra heartbreak whenever one of these breaks up. And I do think it's something that we talked about in last week's episode. It's, you know, it's the end of the era of the movie star. And right now, what does Gen Z even have? Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello? I mean, (laughs) TikTok stars? I feel so sorry for that generation. That's true. They don't have celebrities, not real celebrities. But you know what? To each their own. I don't want to rag on younger people. If they find TikTok stars meaningful, then good for them. I'm happy for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I always hoped that Ben and Jen would find their way back together. So, I mean, you know, I've made that clear. I can tell you my Christmas, my next five birthdays, you name it. It all came early for me when the seeds of a reunion were planted earlier this year. Once both became single, it all started with the April cover story of In Style, which featured Jennifer and included praise for her from a range of celebs she'd worked with, including Ben and no Alex. Thank you very much. Now, Ben said, quote, she remains to this day the hardest working person I've come across in this business. She has great talent, but she has also worked very hard for her success. And I'm so happy for her that she seems a long last to be getting the credit she deserves. Why do you look the same as you did in 2003? And it kind of looks like I'm in my 40s at best, end quote. Now, for the record, Jen did respond. She said, quote, Ben is funny. He still looks pretty good, too. End quote. That's very generous for (laughs) Now, it's all very sweet. And I'm assuming she had yet to see the hideous midlife crisis Phoenix tattoo decorating his back, um, which I think this actually calls for a great time to discuss that moment in his life. I just want to express what it looked like, looks like. It's very colorful. So many colors, so many colors. And it is essentially a phoenix rising from his ass. It goes from his waistline up across both of his shoulders. It is a sprawling phoenix. And the interesting thing was he seemed to get this right after his split from Jennifer Garner, who said, who questioned herself if she's meant to be the ashes he's rising from. I mean, it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? And even Jennifer Lopez commented on it on Watch What Happens Live around that time. And she said, it is awful. She did not mince words. She's absolutely correct. 
correct. It's disgusting. Um, Sarah, what do you make of that tattoo? I mean, my God. It's the most offensive tattoo I've ever seen in my life. Like, not just the way it looks, because it <laughs> looks gross, but also the messaging. Is that supposed to be about Jennifer Garner, who did nothing but support him and raise his kids? I mean, truth be told, I don't know what happened behind their fancy closed doors, but she seemed like she was a pretty good wife. She was pretty supportive, and he allegedly had an affair with their nanny. So I feel like if anyone gets to be angry about the divorce, it's her, but she was just so sweet about it um, and continued to be a really supportive force in his life for years after the divorce. So I was deeply offended by this tattoo on every possible level. However, I'm going to try to channel Jennifer Garner, who managed to be very classy about that tattoo, because when she was asked about it in the media, she said, this is to paraphrase her, as they would say back home, bless his heart. So, Sarah, is that a compliment? <laughs> that also sounds like a little bit of a Southern dig. Oh, but it's a dig. <laughs> Absolutely. And let me also just say, when Ben first got this tattoo and some paparazzi found him wearing it on a beach somewhere, he claimed that it was not real and it was for a movie he was shooting. A while later, he admitted to being very much real. Um, and let me just say, Ben, own it, because if you're going to be embarrassed with this tattoo, we're all going to be embarrassed with the tattoo. Come on, inspire some confidence, for God's sake. At the time, The New Yorker even published a story <laughs> called The Great Sadness of Ben Affleck, just to illustrate the kind of crisis he was going through. I mean, the man was in very sad memes where he was standing by the beach by the water looking off into the distance very longingly. Now, let's cut back to future time, present time. Uh, this Insta story immediately went viral on social media and it had many joking that the two might reunite. And let's face it, this was absolutely a kind of siren song for Jennifer. And let's just say she got the message. By late April, not even a month later, the two were back on and not hiding it. In the last few months, the two have been spotted on romantic trips to Montana and Miami. He's been seen leaving and coming to her LA home. He's even been wearing the same watch she sports in the Jenny from the Block video. I don't know if that's a little bit of an Easter egg for all of us out there. I certainly noticed it and ate it up. But it was presumably gifted to him by her. He's got the stubble going. He's smiling. The memes are dead. Jennifer is smiling. They both look beyond happy. Um, and, you know, they've been all over the tabloids, just like it's 2002 all over again, making out arm in arm nearly in every photo. Uh, they both have the wildest, sweetest smells on their faces again. And in some recent pap shots, he's even seen on her sister's 50th birthday, surrounded by her family, including her two children, who seem super comfortable with Ben. And they're laughing and they're joking and they're getting along. And to me... If he's getting along with her children from a prior marriage, that's the best green flag you've got. I mean, needless to say, Benifer is very much back on. Sarah, how do you feel about this reunion? Be honest. I still think she can do better. But if he makes her happy, then I'm happy. I just want good things for her. Like, I'm still not over the fact that she wasn't nominated for an Oscar for Hustlers. I will never be over that fact. So if things are going well in her personal life then that's fantastic. If he's nice to her children, I mean, he's a dad, he has three kids, so he's probably good stepdad material, then that seems like a really positive development in her life. And I will be happy for Jen as long as Ben makes her happy. But if he ever makes her unhappy, Ben, like, I, I dislike you now, and you will be my sworn enemy if you ever cross Jennifer Lopez. Sworn enemy. 
Ben, Sarah Sahagin is coming after your ass and that Phoenix tattoo. I'm scared. Now, I'm also somebody who very much approves of texting your ex. And those two clearly seem to have taken that route, as a lot of people have during the pandemic. No shame. He looks happy. She looks happy. She always said that he was the one that got away. Now, one thing, sir, I do want to ask you, because we were talking about this a while back when it happened, and you made a really great point about how now they don't have any of those goals that people have when they're starting out new relationships. It's all put away. They've got their kids. They've been married. What do you mean by that, Sarah? Tell us a little bit about it. So this is something I've seen play out in the real world with normals where people marry someone other than their high school sweetheart or the person they were dating in their 20s, the love of their life. But then they get divorced and they go back to that person they were so in love with when they were younger. This is something that frequently happens. And at this period, it's almost easier to make it work because if you had conflicting work goals, if you wanted to live in different places or you had a conflict about whether or not to have kids, those things are resolved. They played out in your first marriage. And now you can just enjoy companionship. I mean, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are probably not in a place where they want any more kids. They're already established, so they don't necessarily have to make the kinds of sacrifices people have to make for careers when they're in their 20s or in their 30s. They can sort of just enjoy being super rich, super famous people together. And they can have this great adventure in their middle age. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's really fascinating about this is that they admitted many times that what came between them was the press feeding on them. And this time they're not hiding all over again. I mean, neither one of them has commented on it. I'm sure that will come soon. Diane Sawyer is probably waiting with bated breath. But, you know, it seems like they just don't care. They've been there. It's not a thing now. You know, they're older. It's something that's just a part of their lives. They know how this plays out. In 2016, she told people different time, different thing. Who knows what could have happened? But there was a genuine love there, end quote. And to me, that kind of says it all. You know, these two have always had a little bit of love for each other. They probably allegedly hooked up here and there between other relationships. We don't know their lives. And let me just say, you know, all I want is a very glitzy J-Lo wedding. I want it to be catered by Dunkin' Donuts. I want her to have it. I want him to have it. I want his mom to be officiating Am I a part of this relationship to demand such a thing? No, though I would love to be a third wheel. Do I even believe in marriage? No, but that's besides the point. Maybe now is a great time to introduce our new segment. Hindsight is 2021. I shouldn't have done that. What is one thing that you would change if you were Ben or Jen going all the way back to 2002? As much as I like Ben in the Jenny from the Block video, if I were Jen, I wouldn't have had any man in that video. I just would have been my fabulous self. I would have made it all about me. Because one thing we know about Jen is she's very committed to love and she will always find love. But one of the few constants in her life has been her commitment to her career and how brilliant she is at everything from dancing to acting to creating a fashion empire. So I would have made it all about me. I would have made myself my true love, which I really hope is the case for Jennifer. 
I really hope she loves herself more than anybody else because she deserves that love. She is better than everybody else. So you would take the narcissism angle. I, you know what? I love that for you, sir. And I love that for Jen. Um, for me, the thing that I would have changed is I never would have broken up in the first place. But I know that's kind of like asking for a wish when you just get three wishes. So <laughs> I think the thing that I would have liked to do, and this is tough to say because I think it would have been very difficult for her at the time, but to just call out the media for the way that they treated her. If Ben had made the statement that he made this January over a decade ago, I think that it would have had more, it would have led to more change. And I think one of the reasons that we love these two now is because we have more of a respect for women who hustle, especially women of color. And she's 50. She's killing it. As you said herself, she's got so much going on. She's built an empire and we respect that now. And um, hello, yes, give her that damn Oscar. It's going to come one day. And I think that's why they work so well now. He's also not that much of a public or critical or commercial failure. They just, they're a success together and they're happy and it just is what it is. And that's that. They're the icons of our time. And I love them. Okay, should we wrap it up here? Sure. So is there anything else you want to say? No, I, you know, I think that I've, I've said my piece about how much I dislike Ben Affleck, but how much I support J-Lo. <laughs> oh, you got a lot of love in for J-Lo. I love it. Sadaf, where can our listeners find you? You can all find me on at underscore Sadaf Hassan, where I do tweet a lot about Ben here and there, so be warned. If you want to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah Sahagian. As always, we hope you'll be back next week and travel a little further back in time as we revisit a royal scandal. To find out which one, you'll have to tune in at Frequency. Now, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so others can find us. Thanks for listening. 